Mm. Oh, you hit Siri. Who? <laughs> Who's Siri? Who the hell is she? And good evening, everybody. How are you? How's everybody doing? Having some today? technical difficulties. Hope everyone's doing fantastic. Hello, Joel. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. good. A little cooler out today. A little bit. Started a little cooler. Mm. Everything sort of stayed cooler. Hope everyone's doing fantastic. This is Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training, the wonderful Joel. And this is the What Would Jeff Do show. We stream every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show has been moved to our online community. And Joel will probably put a little link up there. to. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're not part of our community, it's a wonderful, supportive, proactive, no-nonsense, no all that bullshit that goes on in, in groups, stuff going on. Um, and it's highly educational for both trainers and owners. And um, talk about, uh, a, you know, a community, meaning everybody does participate in everybody else's. Um, okay. Uh, what people do on this show is they ask questions about issues they're having with their dog. Um so we used, in other words, stopping an unwanted behavior. In order to stop an unwanted behavior, you need to apply a punisher to instill an inhibitor to get rid of the behavior. It's pretty simple. You're not going to reward, train your dog out of the behavior. Um, you need to address it head on. So we use the word punishment. We're a big fan of um, all kinds, of, almost every tool, like every tool. Like No problem with head halters, no problem with slippies, no problem with a lot of things. But each tool, depending on your skill set, can limit you. Um, a lot. Like, well, and I can train dogs on slip leads, and your average dog owner um, cannot. Um, uh, big deal, though. We're dog trainers. We do it all the time. Um, but anyway, so we, we talk about um, shock collars a lot. I use the word shock collar. It's the same thing as an e-collar. It's the same thing as a electric collar. You can call it remote collar. Call it what you want, but um, I just use the word shock collar. Um, uh, it will educate you on all the different tools and methodologies as the show goes on if you're brand new to the show so everybody watching on youtube watching on instagram facebook and on rumble and for all the people listening on the podcast both live and on the repeat thank you all so much um here we go joel what do we got all right lewis says hi guys hope you both have had an amazing day yeah, so thank far. you doing so great all been good uh, Metal Chicks is a good evening. Love the community. Yes. Thank you. Glad you're yeah. a part of it. Glad you're a part of it. You make up one of the reasons why. It's great. It's because you're there. Because you love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's a member of, it's a group of people that all contribute to making it great. Yeah. Um, Avi said, good evening, everyone. Hey, Avi. Hope you're hey, well. Hey, Avi. How are you? Glenn, how do I deal with an anxious dog that self-mutilates, like ripping off skin and causing blisters? All right. Well. How do you stop the unwanted behavior? So you can hear a lot of different things. Your people are going to probably say it needs more mind games. It's like, believe it or not, it's playing a mind game right now. It's having fun, most likely. Dogs actually self-mutilate and don't really care. Um, so they'll lick their paws raw. They'll bite their nails off. They'll try to get out of a kennel and bite their teeth off. So how do you stop it? You have to make that behavior suck, bottom line. That's what you have to do. Um, some people will say put 
you know, some liquid, something that tastes bad for some weird reason, dogs will, dogs seem to like that stuff. <laughs> so they have the opposite of it tasting bad. Um, but what you do is you pay attention to your dog um, and you watch to see when that happens and use a shock collar, electric collar, and you correct your dog. So you make it suck to do that behavior. And it's no different than anything else, like a dog licking its privates or a dog obsessively licking like furniture or a p- people. They go to people and they and they, they lick them and people are like, oh, it's trying to get the, the salt off your, you know, yeah. your skin. It's like, I really don't care why it's doing it. I just want it to stop. And that's why it's like, well, I'm always going to have salt on my skin, most likely through sweating. Or if you went into our saltwater pool, or if you went into the ocean, I'm always going to have salt. If it wasn't salt, it could be something else, something else, you know, you know, I could spill food on my pants and the dog could obsessively lick my pants. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, But anytime you want to stop obsessive, anything you make that anything suck. Next um Jeannie says oh my god how cold is it in florida janelle is truly dressed for winter lol well janelle's my sister yeah, janelle is her sister all of her siblings are yeah. joel j-o-e-l-l-e and there's a little reminder on the bottom mm. right corner for you too it's a little cold i'm not gonna lie it was well a little ch- this morning was very cold like 49 her sweatshirt does not coincide with the coldness of this room that's for sure but joel gets cold easily and she also um, I just like this sweatshirt. Like comfy clothes. So yeah. yeah, she's not dressed for the podcast. She's dressed for sitting around watching Hallmark movies. Yeah. It's true. It's Christmas week. Bye. My best friend is in town. Bye. We're watching corny Christmas movies. And after the show, I'll say my goodnights and I'll stay in my room. <laughs> I'll let you girls laugh uh, and giggle. And it's been great. Do anything you want. Such a good day. I'll let the dogs out. Joyful Canine said, happy hump day, guys. Never understood that phrase. Hump day. Hump day. It's the middle of the week. It's the middle of the week. It's the hump. It's the, well, even though there is, technically, it's not the middle of the week because there's seven days in That's a week. That's true. <laughs> but um, if, if we go by the Lord's calendar, with only the seven this Sunday, not counting because we don't uh, uh, work, um, uh, it's definitely the middle of the week. Next. Um, balcony dog psychology said, what's your take on dogs that anticipate corrections? Talking about terrified dogs that flight from people. That's, that's, that's two different questions. Cause even if you don't correct the dog, it would possibly still flee from people. But as far as what's my take um, on the dog anticipating a correction, dogs anticipate both rewards and corrections. So when the way we train is with a marker system, like almost everybody. So when we say yes, the dog will probably anticipate something good. And when we say no, the dog will anticipate something bad. So do they anticipate the marker word no? They definitely can anticipate the, the consequence because you marked it with no and they know something is um, uncomfortable because that's how you're properly um, instill an inhibitor to the dog. But as far as are, do they, are they, do they realize that they're going to be getting a no? I don't know about that. I don't know. If a dog, um, now you have a dog that's flight, that's why it's two separate issues. We deal with a lot of flighty, fearful dogs, a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And even before we train them, they flee. Even before we, we spend the first couple of weeks, because we do we do board and train on pretty much all reward-based training, unless they're dangerous, we have to stop that behavior. But we don't correct them at all for non-compliance of a behavior or not holding a behavior um, with or without distractions. So none of those, and a lot of those dogs flee. 
Why? Because they're fearful dogs. They're nervous dogs. I mean, there's do- these dogs, like, you know, have to be kept on a leash. Um, I mean, if it's inside of a training center um, or your home, you can easily contain them. Um, outside, believe it or not, dogs can go over a six-foot fence. So if you got a really, we've, we've seen it. I, I trained one of my dogs to go over six-foot fences. Um, but anyway, so I don't know if they anticipate the correction without the marker. But fearful dogs, though, are nervous about a lot of stuff. Mm. So when we were we work with nervous dogs, we show our work, people are like, oh my gosh, it's because of the way you train. And I'm like, the dog's been like this for five years before the owners even knew who I was. Like, it's got nothing to do with that. What happens in a lot of classes, though, a lot of group classes that are based on reward only, those dogs get kicked out because they're called, they're, they're considered to be untrainable, that if they're really nervous and fearful, mm-hmm. and they're actually not. And believe it or not, Compulsion works on nervous, fearful dogs, which goes against what people would think with their heart um, and sometimes their head, obviously. Next. Constance, YouTube isn't streaming for me tonight, so I'm hanging out over here. Hey, Constance. There's a couple of people on YouTube. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's just... All the settings are fine. Anyway. Glad you're here, Constance. Hope you're well. Carol says, hi, guys. Hey, Carol. She's on YouTube. Kay Wolf says, hey, lovely friends. Hello. Try try it again, Constance. Try it again. Um, hold on dog training. Okay. Worked the protocol we talked about with the Corso. Yep. It's better, but seems like only in the moment. New vehicle. It just starts again. Just keep going. It's effing cold. It is cold. So, well, if you're not getting results and it's been a week or maybe even two weeks since we've talked to you, maybe not, maybe say a week to 10 days. And we saw the video and it looked pretty good. But if you're always having to do it, you either have to do more of it, have a higher consequence, um, for doing it, it does look like you're doing the, the loading. Um, but it looked like from the video, the dog was making its own choice to come back after a while. Yeah, but it seems she said it's, it's ground, with any it's, new it's, vehicle. It's, it's Groundhog Day every, every time. Working for the vehicle, she's proofing, but then yeah, like a new vehicle yeah, comes. Yeah. So just, I would, I would change something up. Change something up. That's for sure. Um, be in motion, maybe. I noticed the dog was on a tie out, and it can be, but if you're using a 50 foot leash, you can still sort of like walk with the dog while it's on, while it's on a tie out. The problem is, if it's 50 foot, you don't want it to go 50 feet you know, away from you if it does. So, um, a smaller tie out, because that was pretty close to the road. No, it was on her property, on it the grass. It didn't look like the dog. It was mm-hmm. like maybe 10 or 15 feet left. No. Oh, okay. Well, no. then just, yeah, just have it farther away from the road. Next. Hiking Hounds of Ben says, hi, guys. Hey, how are you? Um, Good as Gold says, the website says they do positive training and that punishment-based training dogs associate the owner with pain and negativity. Can't wait to hear your comment. Well, a lot of websites say that. That's a typical cut. That's a typical cut and paste script. Like like a lot of the paint we get is all cut and paste. Speaking of, someone tonight, okay. Someone sent it to us in our DMs, like a screenshot of like someone sharing our shit per usual. Mm-hmm. And I, we had responded to someone. Someone's like, I've been struggling with leash reactivity for like a month. Mm-hmm. I switched to a prong collar, but my dog is still reacting. Mm-hmm. So I responded, well, because you're missing the training component, most likely mm-hmm. a tool isn't just going to stop a behavior. Right. Like you need to know how to train and we can help you. Right. And I think I used the word eliminate. I said, so in a month, that behavior should have been eliminated. Right. There's probably some training you're missing. Right, exactly. You can't just put a tool on, expect your dog right. to be trained. Mm-hmm. So they took a screenshot and mm-hmm. said, 
eliminate all these people do is like basically talk about eliminating behavior like they don't care about the dog's feelings. Wow, it's an interesting and I'm like, comparison. I literally said right in the the copy, like you're contradicting yourself. I said there's a training component yeah, but that's that you're point. missing. The point is like, what does someone have to do with care about their feelings? It's like, it's just a stupid thing. So you can't eliminate leash reactivity. You should never try to right. eliminate leash reactivity. But it's like, but they're comparing with two, they're just being, they're just being very ignorant because it's the same thing saying, your child came home late from. And I'll humanize this stuff all day long because they love to humanize it. So I'll play the damn. I play the damn game. Your child comes home from uh, a night out late. You take away its cell phone for a week. The child screams and yells and has a hissy fit. And then all of a sudden, someone in the house says, "Oh, geez, you must not care about your child because mm. you give it a consequence." Yeah. So as far as. Um, as far as uh, uh, the positive base, that was good as gold. Where did that go? Right up there. Good as gold. Okay. It's the sort of thing that owner with pain and negativity. It's first of all, all, all dogs that we train and we use punishment, we train with food. Like we build really good relationships with dogs in four to six weeks, and they're not even our dogs, but they're also become fully trained and rehabbed. But believe it or not, there are many times where you want the dog to associate the consequence with you. You have to, or the dog will walk all over you. And people say, oh, it's not a trained dog. I'm like, yes, it is a trained dog. There's something called association. The problem is a lot of dog training philosophies are just think linear. That's all they do is think on one level. They never actually go deep into it. Like a dog actually has its own brain. There's actually triggers for a dog. No matter how you train, there's there's certain things that a dog still has. So as far as like negativity, what does that mean? What does I know what negativity is? Your hair doesn't look very good, but you do look beautiful. It's like, you know, that's passive aggressive bullshit. It's like, but in the what, what do we mean negativity to a dog? Uh -huh. It's an interesting these are just interesting things. So um First of all, it's no big deal that the dog knows that you're the one that corrected it and instilled discomfort. And But when you have a great relationship with your dog, it's 95% awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. So I can correct my dog in, in the middle of a Chuck It game and it loves playing Chuck It. It's not going to all of a sudden think, oh, Chuck It sucks now. No, right. Doesn't it? Dogs don't think like that. Next. No, people just love humanizing shit. Not only that, but it's also these are cut, cut and paste phrases. But it's just so interesting because uh, that was a very cut and paste thing that that person put out about us. And it's like, we get uh, you time. contradicted yourself in the comment, though. Right, right. But people do that all the time. That's because like, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't. That's why. I literally said you're missing training. Right. Tools don't train dogs. I know. We've said that so many times. Food doesn't train a dog either. We said that. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm missing something. Okay. Ashley said, was thinking about place somewhere where there are lots of traffic with mm -hmm. a heavy duty tie back. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Any, anything to get the exposure. Exposure. Yep. Um, balcony dog psychology said, so this specific dog I'm working, he growls to get the trigger to go away. So I was addressing the growl, but now he's growling, then jerking, like expecting the correction and fleeing. So now I'm not addressing the growl and just letting him flee and then nurturing come back to me. Be really careful about that sequence. Be really careful. 
Are we, are we, pet, just think about this. Are we pet, first of all, the dog goes going into defense. That's why. And I don't know, I don't know this dog and I don't know who you are. I think you're brand new to our show, but still, I don't know how you train or just because you, someone can say they train this way, but I'd have to see it. But all I'm, the, the point being is your, your, your consequences, your corrections, your punisher actually might not be strong enough. You might be underwhelming the dog instead of squashing, squashing the thing. But maybe one dog, two dogs in 20 years, I let get away from a growl. That dog used to maul people and it got into defense when you'd kennel it up. It got into defense when it, you asked it to do something it didn't want to do. That was its no. It's like, I'll just attack you. And we got to the point where like the dog wasn't biting anymore. And then also when we would kennel it up, instead of attacking the kennel, it just let out this low, low guttural growl. And we actually left it alone. But also like the fleeing, is the dog on a leash? Hopefully. So if it's not on a leash, definitely put it on a leash. So then it can't get very far. So then there's the consequence right there. So, but be careful though about the sequence of you run away. It also might not be running away out of fear. It just doesn't want to be corrected, possibly. So, but it runs away, it comes back, and you make that a good thing. Now, do you always make recall a good thing? Yes, but what preceded that? What preceded that? So let's say your dog was fence fighting, going nuts, and you just recalled your dog off the fence, and you rewarded it for coming off the fence. Now, are we? do we think that we're stopping fence fighting? We're not. We're getting a dog to recall in the middle of fence fighting. Next. Um, Jenny said, I have three dogs that go nuts every time I put their halters on to take a walk. What is the best way to get them to calm down? I've tried a spray bottle with water. It works a little, but not much. You need a harder punisher. Use a bonker. If you don't know what a bonker is, just a rolled up cotton towel. I've got a video on how to make a bonker and how to deploy it. It's the best thing for de-arousing a dog. And it's actually an incredible unwanted behavior stopper even as much as aggression, even as much as aggression. Yeah. But that's, that's where the, that's, again, that's a tool. It's, it's also a timing thing. You can also um, make sure you're getting your dogs uh, uh, corrected at the right time. If they get too escalated, it might not work. Um, a lot of punishers don't work. Um, you can also have it. So when you put their, put them all in downstays, so you can be proactive as well, obviously put them in downstays, put their head halters on or put them in sit stays, put their head halters on. You can correct them for breaking a sit stay too. And you can role play that which, when it has nothing to even do with a walk. So duration sit drills are really great to do. Next. Um, Hiking Hounds of Ben said their theories are debunked every time. And then when they can't discuss it, they switch to names and bashing balance trainers. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And I'm going to stop using the word balance trainer because I can't stand it anymore. I it always had a bad taste in my mouth. It's just dog training. It's just dog training. That that's all it is. It's just dog training. And all and but guess what? Sport dog is dog training. Agility is dog training. Fly ball is dog training. Like th there's different modalities of dog training. So we're family pet dog trainers and rehabbers. That's what we that's what we do. You know, and we work on the dog's state of mind, getting rid of the bad behaviors, training the training the wanted behaviors. Next. Um, let's see. Joyful Canine said, love that Cade's owner is in the community. It's so nice to hear feedback once the dog goes home and the client is sharing their experience. Yeah, Cade's yeah. doing great. Yeah. I mean, we've got... Doing really well. I don't know. Thousands and thousands. I mean, they see whole goal home, too. Yeah. I mean, we've, I've been doing this for 20 years. We have lots of feedback. But also, you know, 
not, I'm not, I'm not owner shaming or owner blaming at all. If an owner is not doing well and if the dog is regressing, a lot of that is on the owner. That doesn't mean it's their fault. It's their responsibility. It's their responsibility. Dogs are, dogs are, have a brain. They can think. They also take advantage of people. So why, why is it, you know, this is the thing. Why is it when a dog comes to us, it's on its best behavior? It's not afraid. It's not afraid of us. It's on its best. It's on its best behavior. As soon as we back up in Rhode Island, we, we obviously we had a huge amount of traffic in the building because we had daycare, boarding, and boarding train and one-on-ones. A dog would come in for uh, um, uh, 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 daycare. Owner wasn't, you know, doing what she, he or she was supposed to do, and the dog was a little bit out of control, to a lot out of control. As soon as we grab the leash, dog all of a sudden just sits down. It's not because it's afraid. It's because it's trained. But it, association. But it's association. Mm-hmm. I don't have to listen to my owner. Because they with, don't follow through. And it happens with couples These all the time. people do follow through. It happens with couples all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. But you have to remember, Kate is a 1% dog. Probably, he's, an, he's a different dog. We deal with high, drivey dogs. I mean, a ton of them. This is way beyond that. This is way beyond that. So it is a difficult dog, but they can absolutely have success. Next. Avi said, my dad told my sister and I that I don't care. We don't hate him once in a while. He's not doing a good job. That I don't care. If we don't hate him once in a while, he's not doing a good oh. job. Oh, as a parent. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course. Every, most, almost every teenager tells their parents they hate them. Like, you know, plus our kids are not our friends. You know, it's not our job to be their friend. It's our job to mold them to be, you know, incredible human beings. Next. Um, Fat Bay says, my dog is oral. He loves chewing. It's under control. He's has a great loose release and only chews designated things. He's seven months. Can I get him a raw beef bone? Well, I'll see why not. Yeah. I mean, you got to watch out for teeth. Yeah. You know, a lot of dogs, that's the problem with raw bones. They are, they're safe. You don't want to do a cooked bone. But um, if they're a power chewer, you just go watch out. You gotta, you gotta watch out. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch out for that. So, but also definitely keep an eye on that it doesn't start, dog doesn't start chewing anything that's not allowed. Just keep an eye on it because at nine months old, 10 months old, the dog's gonna start changing a little bit to a lot. So just, just keep an eye on it. Next. Um, cast the dog trainers that I'm watching a dog that I've worked with in the past. He started to growl at me when I'm correcting him. Mm-hmm. Example, he barks at the door. I scruff him, say no, and put him in a down. Then he growls at me. So both of those things are pretty, I have no problem with scruffing at all, but there are better ways to do it that are, um, less invasive, even, I guess, even though I have no problem with people being invasive. Yeah. So it's like, so let's clarify. I have no problem with scruffing. I have no problem with being invasive. But if you're putting them into a down, it sounds like you might be pushing them into a down. That's where your possible growling is. But you can do this all hands off, off with either a bonker or, or, or a knee cower, and you don't even have to go to the door. So this is what our, our textbook way is. It's a three-second to five-second fix. Is is You're sitting down. Have somebody ring the doorbell, knock on the door. Dog races towards the door. You say no. Dog's got a knee cower on. You correct. And you correct pretty high. What what number? You're going to have to figure that out. Tie enough for the dog to not race towards the front door. Set it up again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again until the dog doesn't want to race towards the door. Then what you can do is, well, what do you want the dog to do when it it um, 
Someone knocks on the door. Oh, I want it to go to its dog bed. Great. Now train that. What you're going to hear a lot of people say is, why don't you just train the dog bed part only? Because just because you train the dog in obedience command, that doesn't mean you've stopped an unwanted behavior. And the goal is that the dog learns to make its own decisions. So when it is walking freely around the house underneath its own power, using its own brain, obviously, it can make the right decision. Oh, I know what wrong is. I know what right is. Next. Uh, Joyful Canine said, I used that analogy once, grounding the kid or taking away their cell phone. The trainer said, it's just negative punishment, not harmful to the kid or the dog. Negative right. punishment still sucks. So it's still, it's, that, that's why we don't use words like negative punishment, positive reinforcement. Um, I have said positive reinforcement or reward only on the show. But when we talk to cl clients, when I explain things to, to, to all of you, because it's too, it's, it's so confusing for even dog trainers. They can't even agree on the damn terms. They literally can't agree. Most dog trainers can't agree on the same two words next to each other. They have totally different meanings for them. How about this? Reward what you want, okay? Punish what you don't want, but also absolutely learn how to learn how to train dogs, the process. Learn all the tools, the techniques, even the leash. Even like, like a leash is a tool. So there's actually a proper way to hold a leash. Like we have dogs that come in that if you put any upward pressure on the leash while you're walking, it might redirect on you. It might go kick in a drive and be more prone to be leash reactive. So there's actually a proper way to hold the leash. And there's proper ways to teach a down. Now, there's different variables to do it. But just, you know, I don't want to say proper. There's many ways to do it, I should say. Next. Um, GB Buck says, any suggestions to deal with a neighbor whose dog barks all day? He says, because my dogs are causing it. I said, guess what? My dogs don't bark. I told him he's the problem, not me. Right. So it's like... <laughs> So that's again, the entitlement. That's, that's, enti that's entitlement. My God. Victim mentality. It's like that's also a highly unintelligent thing to say. That's like, oh, when you're out in the backyard eating outside with your family, the neighbor's dog starts barking and they yell at you for causing their dog for to causing bark. Causing their dog to bark on the property that you paid for, work your ass off for pay taxes for, pay utilities for, and, and you're actually having a nice family moment, it's your fault. Mm. God forbid it's the actually, that's the same philosophy we're using why criminals, for instance, in California, which is very lenient, is they're, they're like, they're, they're, they're getting off lightly and, 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 and victims of crime are actually getting punished. Someone just made a post again, like on our Instagram tonight that they had their dog in their front yard, just minding its own business, mm -hmm. off leash, minding its own business. Right. Neighbors walked by with a barking, out of control dog. Mm -hmm. They called the police on people whose dog was just standing, there, just standing there because their dog scared their dog into a reaction. Oh well, well, can you imagine yeah. calling the police over something like that? Hopefully, the police when the dog was literally minding its own fucking business. I wonder if I wonder if police officers have idiot tickets it's like, right i'm gonna write you a ticket for <laughs> just, you wasted my fucking right, time for just being an idiot and it's like oh my god jeff you insult people i'm like well maybe people do need to get insulted because they're that's stupid. insane to me yeah so, so so stupid they should have laughed they should have refused to come there and say like this is bullshit you know it's funny because when the when the fire department comes to your place of business yeah more than like once They'll or twice. They'll find you. They're not find you. They just charge. They, they charge they, you. They yeah. charge, they Seventy-five charge you. bucks a pop. When the alarm system goes off, that's there's, what I'm thinking. And yeah. There's no, and there's actually no 
trigger, no real no, reason. No, no, no. It's like no, seventy-five dollars. No, doors are okay. Windows are all okay. Even if you're home and you are like, hey, everything's okay. It doesn't matter. That's fine. They're going to charge you for that. Like they're, they're called false, false fire alarms. So we, we we every once in a while we had a faulty fire alarm. This mm-hmm. was back a long time before you. And the police would have to come almost once a week. I'm sorry, the fire department. And to, we're like we disconnected. That wasn't it. before. Uh, I remember that happening. And that also, no, I'm talking about when we had get the fines. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cast the dog trainer said, "Agree with what you said about the term balanced training." <laughs> Um, and she said, and the dog in my earlier question is just a sitting client. I'm not getting paid to train him more, but he is not e-collar trained. But what's, what's the dog? Barking at the door. You can still correct that. You still, you still correct. It's more about your peace of mind. It's about your peace of mind. It's like when you're there, I don't want you barking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, definitely talk to the client, though, if you're going to be doing the protocols. Definitely talk to, absolutely talk to the client about what you're going to do. But chances are it barks at everything all day long next glenn said i've been contemplating whether or not to buy calm on command i'm not but i'm unsure of whether it would help my anxious dog just calm down and live a peaceful existence a lot of my dog's bad behaviors come from his high strong behavior and anxiety well you just that's what calm on command was designed for i guess we need more context glenn like does your dog know Strong baseline obedience. Right. That's where we need to start looking. So the course, the course is not it's not a how-to obedience course. It's a it's a um, it's an intensive how to uh, stop trouble, a trouble, lot of bad trouble, behavior troubleshooting course. If now, believe it, or, I don't know the level of training your dog has, but it, the green to graduate is a great precursor to it. And if you get calm on command right now. You can get green to graduate half price, price. plus like thousands of other dollars, thousands of dollars in bonuses uh, with tons of other courses the that will on, support the you. On command, yeah. So they'll help you out. But as far as you're not this, you're not your dog is not more strong willed or drivey than the dog we used. No, There's no way. And I've worked with a lot of high drive working dogs. This dog is intense, and all it's ever known is intense. It's never known normal life it's literally been a working dog all its life next um three years roxalua says have you guys ever considered or argued that pavlov's pavlov's no. classical no end of, end of question all right end of question we don't i don't go there i don't argue or discuss any sciencey stuff and that doesn't mean i don't know it but it nobody needs to know it believe it or not Dog trainers will say, oh, you need to know all the quadrants. You need to know, you know, classical and opera condition. You need to know. It's like, sure, of course. But enough to do a lecture on it? No. Because you know why? When you work with a lot of unstable dogs like we do, which is a which is a majority of family pet dogs, because they're just getting them, you know, a lot of these people are getting them all messed up, um, which is fine. That's what we're here for. But believe it or not, Everything you read, if you had your PhD in animal behavior and they have that out there, you work with one of these dogs, everything you learned doesn't work. Everything you learn doesn't work. You'd be surprised how many people don't care, how many dogs do not care about an observation by some people. Next. Um, let's see. Jordan says, any information about Sharpays? I have a seven-month female Sharpay. What, what are you struggling with? Yeah. I used in, to have a Sharpay. Information? I mean... They're good dogs. Yeah, they're 
there's I can tell you how they're spelled and I can I know you got one and it's seven months old but like how can we help you there's a because the, the behavior with your dog if you got a German Shepherd would be would be would be the same also training is training is training regardless of the breed right so train your Sharpay just like any other dog right. put it you know proactive baseline obedience on your dog, give it exposure, yep. make sure it's well socialized, like yep. do what you would do with your Sharpay, especially at seven months old, get ahead of any bad behaviors that might crop up around nine months, a year, yeah. a year and a half. Like you're going to see your dog start to go through some changes. Yep. So you really want to start being proactive with your training, especially at seven months. And be really careful not to humanize that cute little dog. And they I'm are hundred percent yeah. serious. They're so cute. Because Unfortunately, what will happen is you'll make excuses for some unwanted behaviors and you might not be able to mentally, emotionally do the consequence it needs. It needs. But again, like Joel said, on the proactive side, we have a course called Green to Graduates, but we also have free videos on YouTube on how to train your dog. So training your dog to, to sit down, place, recall, kennel up, wait for its food, don't resource guard, don't jump, don't get into the trash. Like all of that is not breed specific. That's all across the board, across the board. And so a lot of times when people are reading that, no, my dog has to be, this says it right, you know, in these these books that people get on breeds, the dog has to be trained this way. I'm like, no, the dog just has to be trained. Next. Um, GB Box said, yeah, you can't reason with crazy. He asked me what I was going to do for him. I said, nothing. I'm not the problem. What? Your neighbor literally sounds insane. Your neighbor, your neighbor sounds like a total asshole. A total asshole. What an entitled asshole you have as what a neighbor. What are you going to do for me? You know? Nothing. What are you going to do? This, what did I tell you to pound sand? What are you going to do for me? It's like... Go bang your ankles. It's, it's Give like, him one of these from friends. You know, it's like, what's he going to do next? Fall down your steps on purpose? What the hell? What stupid freaking person. Damn. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Joyful Canines. A Jeff suggested to me to punish him the fleeing post-correction and it was a game changer yeah. further the dog goes dial up yep. started with the leash yep. of course depends on the dog but it was great suggestion yeah so we have a course on training a fearful dog and it was with vader and vader is a 135 pound corso and vader had massive massive flight uh issues ran away from everything not a just a correction every sound movement sound everything it would flee and imagine a 135 pound dog fleeing while you're holding the leash or the leash is underneath the seat at a cafe or underneath the table which happened vader and the table were bouncing down the street in mm -hmm. fort lauderdale so with with vader once vader absolutely positively knew recall he absolutely knew it because why we started with with leash pressure and he didn't take a lot of food at the beginning because a lot of nervous fearful dogs did you see food. that no um so we eventually if you want to flee you're on a long line and we make it suck to flee and that sounds it sounds like oh my god why would you do that shouldn't shouldn't coming back to you being be a reward it's like yeah it is because you ran away, I made it suck. How do you how do you make it good? Don't run away anymore. And believe it or not, talk about confidence. This dog has got so much more confidence now. Fear, minimal fear now. I mean, this dog was yeah. He was he was very nervous. fearful. Beyond fearful. Next. Um, applause for the dog. Says you guys ever work with a dog who simply can't remember anything? <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh because yeah. I feel like we definitely worked with a dog. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. 
There's definitely been a, a handful. Is there more to that, or is that? That's it. Okay, that's it. Yeah. So, so we, right now, what you're seeing is, <clears throat> mm-hmm. when I got into this 20 years ago, the dogs were different. Training, like people's mindset was different, but the dogs were also different. Right now, obviously, with the whole adopt, don't shop, with don't you know, don't train with pain, um, don't train with fear, all the you know, you know, reward only. So we got a combination coming from all sides of basically making people so unempowered and also turning dogs into these fragile messes and they're mentally unstable. We deal with a lot of mentally unstable dogs. So yes, we absolutely will do a hundred reps one day of sits or downs. Let's just call it sit. And the next day you tell the dog to sit and it's been clicker trained too, which is even easier. Um, it looks at you like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. It's incredible. So believe it or not, consequences for non uh, doing the command, for non-compliance of the command, believe it will go a long, long way. I've got story after story after story after story of a dog absolutely positively knew its commands but it was decided not to do them or supposedly was it's stubborn, um, slow. Consequence, believe it or not, was a game changer. That's the big thing though. You need to know how to give a consequence. Next. Um, let's see. Arik said, what is your process for an adult dog peeing in the house? Also, what is the benefit of using a clicker when later it will most likely be replaced with words? Clicker is, I mean, those are two different conversations. Um, clicker training though is really, really great because the timing of your click is way better than the timing of your voice. Now, there's a lot of things that we use. You can also, you know, you still use words with yes, but the dog will understand the learning. They'll understand the learning. So timing is better. It's more precise. It's a universal sign uh, sound. So everybody in the family and everybody in the household um, sounds the same, but also even with yourself. Like I was hoarse the other day. So my voice, if I was training a dog, my voice would sound different. Mm-hmm. So voices can voices can sound different as well. Um, so that's the benefit. But you don't need to do it. Because um, the dogs that are either afraid of the clicker or just don't need to be clicker trained. I will say, just like the clicker in the very early, early, early stages with the truly green. Like, we don't get truly green dogs, I will say. For puppies, though, too. When we do, yeah. it's just easier for me. Yeah. I don't have to think. It's just like, click, click, click. 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 Like, like, I don't know. Yeah, I can just get in the zone with the clicker. We've got a puppy coming in mid uh, January, towards the end of January. Uh, right now, it's nine weeks old, so about fourteen weeks old. So not not real, really young. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as peeing in the house, that that's a hard one. That can be a hard one. Be careful on the free roaming. Monitor the dog's food and water. Also, are you taking the dog out too much? Because um, then the dog can't work on its um, bladder. And then also, is a dog when it is it marking outside or is it peeing outside? You want to make sure the dog empties its bladder. But that can be difficult though. That can be difficult, but always have your eyes on your dog for now. And then also work on some duration work. Duration like long downstays, long place commands. And that those aren't punishers. It's just like that's where you are for right now. Like our dogs are lying down right now because we're doing a podcast. Next. Allison said, Hey guys, happy Wednesday. Hey Allison. Um, Kim said, hi, Joel, Jeff. Wow. Just watched your most recent seminar where that dog redirected on you. 
you are and were so calm and cool and just handle business. I really love your ways. Oh, thank you. Um, GB Buck said, Dane on leash. Loose lab surprised both of us. Just appeared face to face, postured to the Dane. Mm. Dane told off the dog, but no gripping. So I just used no instead of stim. It was enough. Yeah, yeah, but that—I mean, your Dane's doing a good job of holding back. You know, I, mean, I don't expect dogs to politely say, "Leave me alone." You know, but I don't expect them to kill the person, kill the dog either. But it's like there's a just—that's how dogs communicate, though. You know. Yeah. It's it's your dog was just yelling, wasn't throwing any punches next um Cass said you're right thanks for being reassuring I'll ask his owner if they'd be open to paying me to further train him while he's here mm -hmm. uh, let's see GB Buck said before J&J I meant I still questioned some of my training mm -hmm. now I'm training now my training is training clients are connecting to this they sure. helped me make that leap even with 30 plus years good for you awesome you've come a long way so great you've come a long way after after working with service dogs your whole life next let's see Joe Lee says, I'm struggling with getting a four-month-old GSD into the crate. There are times I have to be somewhere and she has to be crated. Yeah, of course. Food works for everything but that. At 40 pounds, I won't be able to shove her in for much longer. She's strong and quick. Yep. So um, we want you to stop using food anyway because the dog won't go in without food or do a behavior without food. So once the dog knows how to go into a kennel on command, so this is what we do. We've got a free video on kenneling your dog. It's on YouTube. Um, what you're going to do, though, is you're going to have a long line to attach to the dogs. We do drills. So this is one of the first things we do when a dog comes in is we do drills um, and uh, put a long line on the, on the dog as well as your regular four or six foot leash. Have somebody else behind the crate. So the long line is fed through the crate. They do all the pulling and you just walk the dog up to it. The dog doesn't know that it's being pulled. So you do that three or four times, but also there's a way for the dog to come out of the crate. That's why you can watch the, the, the how-to video. And um, you do that three or four times, five or six times. And then what'll happen is pretty soon the dog will just, the person in the back won't have to do the pulling. The dog starts building up a pattern of kenneling up. Next. Um, Christy said, hi, I'm Glenn's mom. Our dog is very reactive, dog reactive, some people reactive, mm -hmm. super anxious, leaving the house. He knows basic sit down, stay, does okay walking on leash. Mm -hmm. But he's, so. Right, I'm trying to figure out. They're asking if common command would be the right course. So common command would be the oh, right oh, course. But I would want your dog to have a better obedience foundation. Like I would say calm on command in conjunction with, with green to graduate, yeah. which you can get them both for the same price of green to graduate mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. is going to be your best bet because you've got like your version of obedience is probably very different than our version of obedience. Like our version of obedience, the way we hold dogs accountable eliminates a lot of bad behaviors in itself. Mm -hmm. Then when you take it to the next level, it's like, okay, dog's still struggling with state of mind stuff, a little bit of reactivity, whining, like neurotic behavior. That's where the calm on command is going to come in, like mm -hmm. more of the troubleshooting. But unless I was really sure your dog was fully trained, it almost like wouldn't be fair to do like the calm on command stuff mm. if you have an untrained dog. So True. I would say do them both. Um, you can get them both for like under three around 300 bucks right now it's a really good deal yeah. yeah um let's see 
Emily says, how to stop a dog from whining when he sees other dogs on a walk. Sometimes he ignores them. Other mm-hmm. times he whines until we get past. Yeah, that's sort of just over arousal. That's what, you know, a lot of dogs will whine. I mean, some dogs bark, some dogs lunge. Your dog is whining. So it's just over arousal. So you can do a leash pop. You can do a, a remote collar stim. You know, what level you have to figure out the stop whining level. Um, so give that a shot. Those are the two go-tos we do. Next. Constance said, go bang your ankles. Yeah, that's some... Uh... That's a Boston term, I would say. A lot of us right. Yankees say that. Yeah. Go bang your ankles. Go pound ta. <laughs> Constance said this TikToker I heard yesterday told someone to go butter your own biscuit, and I lost yeah. it. That's like a Southern thing. Yeah. Go butter your own biscuit. Glenn said his obedience isn't perfect by any means, but it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the greatest roadblock is the high anxiety causing him to be a sporadic mess. So... This is the thing is that um, when you up the level of the thing about our obedience program is it deals a lot with structure, lots of repetition, duration work, obviously consequences. When you start doing all of those different things and it's all obedience based, you would be surprised how much more confident, non-flighty, non-nervous, non-fearful your dog can become. It really, really can. So um, that will help the anxiety dramatically. Like there's things we do that we're not like, oh, we need to eliminate anxiety with this dog. We're like, no, we're putting this dog into training. And we put the dog into training and then believe it or not, so many things go away. Next. Emily, I'm seeing your comment, but I feel like some of it was cut off. Can you type it again? Because all I'm seeing is not sure if that was the right way to go about it, but it worked for him. So if it was too long, YouTube will like just cut it off. Yeah. So if you could retype it, um, let's see. Douglas said, can the use of clickers in a class of six to eight dogs cause confusion? Like too many clicks going on? Possibly. That could, I we could see do, that. We don't do group clicker classes, but you know. Cause the clicker is much louder than if you're right. talking, like you can be quiet with your markers when you're working right. with your dog. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. I guess you'd have to talk to somebody that does group uh, clicker classes. Yeah. Yeah. We do. We just don't, we don't, we, we don't. I mean, but then again, we would we would we'd have say thirty dogs between boarding train and boarding in that in the rubber room, and we'd be clicker training a dog, and it's not, and they were all all the dogs in the kennels are quiet, lying down, and they all know what a click sounds like. We'd be clicker training a dog, say, but nobody. Well, in that scenario, I feel like they understand, they understand context. Context, yeah, that's what I'm getting. But at. in a group class. People, yeah, where they're all already kind of like yeah. a little bit distracted. Yeah. It could be, it could be challenging. It could be challenging. Um, Cass said, "Dog from my earlier question just barked at the door. He stopped immediately with just a verbal no. Mm-hmm. Came to me, asked him to down, no touch, and I'm having this boy hold it for a while. Good, nice. yeah, definitely wanted to stop that barking though too. But at least you're making that you're you're doing well. Good. GB Buck said, "Excellent courses. Thank you. Thank you. Um." Lori, yours got cut off too. I don't know. Like if you type too long, like Instagram, Facebook, all of them will like cut you off. So all I see is I thought it was quicker and the way, quicker the way they did. It was horrible. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. Trying to find out where I am on here. Christy said pound sand in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we say pound sand too. Let's see. Emily. Okay, here we go. My dog marked in the house a lot when I adopted him. I stimmed high on e-collar as soon as he went to mark and he never did it again. 
that's what she said. Not sure if it was the right way, but it worked for him. That's sort of the important part. If it's marking behavior, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're, anytime you are successful or you stop a behavior, it's like, be careful about second guessing yourself. Just be careful about second guessing yourself because a lot of people are, will say, Oh, I, my dog used to be bad in the car and I did this. And now my dog just lies down and goes to sleep. Was that right? Like you, you, you ended it with my dog lies down and goes to sleep. So that's like, that's the important part. Mm -hmm. part. Next. Um, Let's see. Constance said, as someone who knew not a damn thing about dog training, I'm grateful you don't talk quadrants. You kept things simple. I bought a course where the trainer spent six hours talking theories by the six hour of green to graduate. I had a fully trained dog. I think that's important. Like, this rocks. I think she's brand new, or he's brand new. Roxalou, you mentioned that people are already responding to that, though. Yeah, it's all but, sad. But yeah. people can't listen to it though, on the podcast, though. So you mentioned that animal behavior theories don't work. I don't believe I said animal behavior theories don't work. I was. I what I did say was was there are many dogs that don't care about your the animal theories. I didn't say they don't work. I'm saying is how people work are trained to deal with a behavior, stop a behavior, or to um, uh, uh, train a behavior. There are many dogs out there that don't care and it doesn't work and you need to be creative. And when you work with as many dogs as we do, and you work with as many unstable dogs as we do, they come into us unstable, you will realize that really quickly. You'll realize that really quickly. I mean, a great example is Graham. He worked for a service dog company for 35 years. They had over a year to train the dogs was reward only, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, that's a long, that's a, that's a lot of time, but they could have mitigated so many unwanted behaviors instead of washing the dogs or stopping the unwanted behaviors really, really quick. But so I never said, um, I don't believe in it. Um, I think some people argue that you teach separate conditioning. Um, there's no argument there whatsoever. I teach operate classical, use all four quadrants. And I also do stuff that they don't even teach you about like state of mind stuff. They don't talk about state of mind stuff um, other than drugging the dog. So um, how can you say it doesn't work? I never said it doesn't work. I said there are many dogs that they don't care about the science. They do not care about the science. And when you work with a lot of dogs, you know that. Next. GB Buck said, I've done it in a group class. Just spread people out by about 15 feet or so. Got it. Awesome. Good to know. It's because dogs are also contextual. Yeah. Like. We just don't do that many group classes, so. But you can always see, you can, you can see, I mean, you can see if you're working with your dog and you're, and you're saying, usually when you're clicker training, the dog is really focused on you really well because it's obviously a really yeah. rewarding experience. And the dog just, they just know. Mm-hmm. They just know. Because we do the same thing with, um, when we're doing um, recalls, put a bunch of dogs and we down and then call one dog over. If the other dogs move, they get corrected. So they, they learn to listen to their name. Next. Sam said, "What time is Christmas dinner?" LOL. Well, is that? Are you what? That's so out of context. Were we talking about Christmas no, dinner? No, Christmas. We're Eve. not like big Chris, Christmas people Christmas here. Christmas Eve was is probably regular dinner time, and then Christmas Day. Who the hell knows? We're probably not gonna. Yeah, there probably won't be a dinner. There's probably just going to be. I'm doing finger foods for us Christmas Eve, yeah. but. There's probably not going to be. A I've been dinner. skipping Christmas for like two yeah. years now, and I it's think we're just going to eat a regular meal. Nice, a regular meal. But when probably. we go over to you know people's houses, there'll be there'll be food there. Yeah. You 
like Poppy's doing like sandwich platters and stuff. And there's always yeah. food next door, you know, so. Next. Um, Natharian's a question. My soon to be two year old in February. Is it anxiety when my dog at night sucks a blanket? She uses her paw on the side. Why? Because that's what dogs do. Self-soothing behavior. Yeah, that, that, so that's the answer. So that's that's where like, this is where I get non-scientific. It's like, because that's what dogs do. Now, how do you stop it? Well, you could get rid of the blanket if you wanted to, but that doesn't fix the problem. The dog might just now start self-mutilating itself. The issue is, is the dog destroying the blanket? If it's not destroying the blanket, now you've got a couple, you've got a couple of choices. You could just let it go, but it'll never stop it. But if the dog's only doing it at night in its kennel, um, or you can remove the blanket, but then the dog again might decide to use self-soothe by like licking the crate, you know, just OCD like, you know, around and around and around, never stopping, never stopping, licking its paws, um, biting its nails, um, scratching. So um, it's not the worst thing. It's not the worst thing. There's many dogs that like will sleep with like a st little stuffed animal toy in their mouth. Mm -hmm. Next. Um, let's see. Jeannie said, how is Angelo these days? He's good. Really good. He's getting ready for his podcast to, to start again. He's going to pick it back up. And uh, he's doing really wonderful. He's doing just great. He's got a great got a job two to three days a week he goes to and um, works at a cafe. And uh, he's been packing a lot of Christmas cookies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that takes up his whole day. Pretty he's much. Nonstop, nonstop. What do we got next? Um, Joyful Canines, did you guys get many Samoyeds? So many here. We don't Seriously, actually. goofy things. No, yeah, they no, are. They are yeah. goofy though. Yeah. Like Rosie, my best friend's here with her two huskies. They crack me up. Yeah. They're such funny dogs. Yeah. If they didn't have so much hair, I'd probably have a husky. They're so funny. And I love training them. Oh, I'm sure someone will come up with a, a, a huskadoodle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that a thing yet? <laughs> well, it is now. A huskadoodle. Someone, someone all of a sudden at a light bulb moment. <laughs> I trained her dogs five years ago. Did you? I flew out to uh, Denver to well, see her and I helped her with them. That's great. They're yeah. still doing so good. Yeah, we have six dogs in our house right now. Which is not many. Yeah, but you never know. Like they're doing great. I mean, we just, they're not our dogs. Wes, Wes has never met her too. Yeah. He did great today. Yeah. We went on a hike, did lots of walks. Yeah, I mean, I want to like do some videos I, I on like more than six dogs. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I just want these dogs don't know each other. Right. That's my point. Yeah, they're all just lying down, hanging out. It's like if you have friends and family coming into town with dogs, like it doesn't need to be no chaos. No, and don't feel bad about you know creating yours or theirs or both. Yeah, like don't just don't. I mean, it's like you like. So holidays are life is stressful enough. Holidays are stressful enough. It's like just make life easy. Let's make life easy. Mm. What do we got? Um, let's see. Oh, Lori, I'm so sorry. She said I had to put my 16 year old dog down yesterday. That sucks. So, so sorry. sorry. That really sucks. Uh, cast the dog trainers. That also love your new training forum. By the way, so far it seems like a really awesome community. It is. If it, Thank if you. it ever get goes non that way, people will be getting kicked out. <laughs> No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, no, no, we have no, no, no. We don't put up with nonsense. No nonsense at all. But it's a paid platform. I would hope people aren't joining just like you what be, be trolls, like not that be trolls. Just be also some people yeah. be argumentative, right, right. the wrong way. Some people don't know how to communicate. Um, Constant said, "When did you realize the state of mind component? Did your mentor teach it to you, or is it something you discovered along the way?" No, I only had a 
mentor for the first year in business. So um, everything else was technically self-taught trial and error. That's the best experience is just understanding how dogs learn and how they how they stop um, a behavior. And at the beginning, I was really well-known. I'm still, we're still well-known for stopping and wanting behaviors. So you become really, really good at applying a punisher in a very fair and effective way. And then all the other stuff, the, all, all the other training, um, it was it was always variations of how I learned to train um, my first dog when that's how I got into dog training. It was just all variations of that. Mm. Um, so um, as far as state of mind, that we noticed that 16, 17 years ago. You know, we, we it's like, oh, no one's doing duration work. I remember putting your dog on place for long periods of time, you know, or any duration command for long periods of time. People you used were, to get shit for that. You used to get tons of shit for that. Yeah, people didn't, yep. they didn't get it. They're like, you had no idea what it does to these dogs. You know, mind, you know, the best way possible. Like, you know, anxiety I will say, away. though, even in the last, like, five years, we get dogs to settle a lot quicker now based on our e-collar skills. We kind of mm. used to wait for the self-soothing, and now we can almost, like, help them with that process for the dogs who really struggle. So yeah. there's so much you can do yeah. with like e-collar training. It's incredible. E-collar is great for state of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, GB Buck says, got to run. Know that what you have added to the training community is what we all need. So grateful. Oh, Good night. Thank oh, thank you. And it's eight o'clock. What a is great really? way to close out the oh, show. Wow. It is eight o'clock. Yeah. All right, everybody. Everybody have a fantastic day. Let's see Wednesday. Friday, we'll see everybody Friday night. And then uh, for the folks in the forum, uh, the community, uh, I'll see you tomorrow coaching. morning at uh, 8 a.m. Yeah, don't mess up the link. Just kidding. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night.